Just run is dumb advice. Let's find out why. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. I thought today we would talk about one of those pieces of advice that gets dispensed smugly by people who think they've got it all figured out. These are the same people who say that the way you avoid having anything bad happen to you is to not do stupid things in stupid places at stupid times with stupid people. That's good advice for life, but it's not a guarantee. I mean, anyone who's ever been home invaded, presumably, was not doing any of those stupid things and somebody just rolled up to their door and presented them with evil. So, when people tell you just run, that's dumb for a number of reasons. And I will explain why by telling you a story from the Renaissance Fair uh, most recently. Uh, it has been a summer of adventure for me. I have done a variety of summer activities. I have learned many powerful lessons about not letting your nose get sunburned because then it will start peeling and you'll look like W.C. Fields. If you don't know who W.C. Fields is, um, I can only refer you to Rich Little's impression of W.C. Fields as Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge in the version of a Christmas story in which Rich Little played almost all the parts. This is layers and layers of old man references. If you got all of those, you've won some kind of a prize. I, <clears throat> I wish it were possible for me to confer that prize on you, because good on you for remembering any of that. Anyway, I was at the Renaissance Fair, and I chose to go on the best day of the year in terms of weather. The weather was absolutely perfect. I chose to go later in the day rather than getting there when it opened. And I chose to go on the weekend before the final weekend when horrible rain was being predicted for the final weekend. Ironically enough, that rain did not come to pass. It came in conjunction with a tornado warning and predictions of hail. As far as I know, none of those things occurred. But we all thought they were going to occur. So this penultimate weekend of the Renaissance Fair we thought was going to be pretty much anyone's last shot at going there when it was still nice. So we're driving and it, it takes about an hour to get there from here and after an hour all of a sudden my uh, Google Maps says there's something of a delay up ahead, a five minute delay, a slowdown if you will. And I thought well that doesn't sound too bad. I'm not sure why it thought the slowdown was a five minute delay because when I hit the traffic that was at a dead stop, and then we started crawling along, I thought to myself, oh no, this might be the line. And oh, it was. We were five minutes away from the Renaissance Fair for two hours. It took us two extra hours to crawl through traffic to get to the venue as they tried to guide all of those cars through the funnel that was the front gate and get them parked. Now, I was genuinely concerned that by the time we get there, there might not be anywhere to park. But as it turns out, the Renaissance Fair has an amazing amount of parking capacity. Absolutely amazing. So they still had plenty of room by the time we parked there. Uh, we, we walked in, once we got out of the car, we then had to wait in a line to get our tickets scanned. It's all electronic tickets now. 
And everybody already had their tickets printed, but then they had to wait in this immense long line to get their tickets scanned. Once we got into the venue, I waited an hour and a half to get uh, fried cheese curds. I think it was worth it. Um, I struck up a conversation with a young man who works for the Renaissance Fair. And we're talking, and I was talking to him, and based on his responses, I'm like, is this guy a moron? He didn't understand any of the references I was making, which is not a surprise because I'm old. But there was just, I felt like there was something going on. I'm talking to this, what I think is a college-age kid, and he's not really responding the way you would expect a 20-year-old to pick up a conversation. Finally, he's like, how old do you think I am? I don't know why he brought that up, because I didn't. I'm like, I don't know, 20? Thinking that he's going to tell me, oh, no, I'm 19 or I'm 18 or whatever he is. The kid was 15 years old. This was a huge 15-year-old. I thought he was a grown man. This guy could go to a liquor store and not get carded. So that explained a lot. When I realized I was talking to someone who was probably a freshman in high school, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. And then we got to talking about how working papers work, because I remember going to the high school to get my working papers when I was a teenager, but not anywhere near 18. Uh, and we had a nice chat about that. And eventually I got my fried cheese curds and, and they were worth it after an hour and a half. But it reminded me, I'm like, you can't take for granted anybody that you're talking to. You just never know. The point I want to make, though, is on the way in, after two hours of sitting in traffic, everybody in that line had spent two hours sitting in traffic. It was a nightmare. So there was one woman who was one car behind us who was just trying to pick up some people from the Renaissance Fair. She got caught in that traffic and had to crawl along in it. Finally, she must have communicated with, uh, with them on the phone. And the two teenage boys that she was there to pick up walked out to her the couple of miles down the street and around the corner from where the venue is so that she could then turn around and leave the line of traffic. And that was actually very smart. But it, it occurred to me that, yeah, if you're not an actual emergency vehicle and you're trying to pick up what she said was a sick kid, I know this because she shouted it out the window. She's like, I'm just trying to pick up some sick kids. I'm like, And that's because she was responding to me. Our windows were down. And as she turned around and took her people and was leaving, I'm like, save yourselves, save yourselves. And she's like, I'm just picking up sick kids. So we had a moment there. People, when they're forced to wait a very long time, often create those connecting moments. I think it's human nature. But after waiting two hours in traffic, I'm not going to say that tempers weren't a little frayed. And as we're waiting in this incredibly long line just to get the tickets scanned so we can get into the venue, and I'm thinking, yeah, and every line in there is going to be horrible. Well, there's this clot of people. It's like a Dungeons & Dragons cast of people. They, they have a weird girl... They have a wimpy guy. They have a normal-looking dude. They have a tank, a guy who's like two of me wide, and a third again is tall. Like, this guy was enormous. Um, and that's saying something. So they're, they're a Dungeons & Dragons company right there, a, a, a cast of travelers. Uh, and they stop moving. So they're, they're in a circle now talking, huddled up, and I'm like, Maybe they're working something out. And a huge gap forms behind them. Or, or ahead of them, rather. So I'm like, I guess we go around? Because they weren't moving. So I went to go around, and wimpy-looking guy, who had a braided ponytail down to the middle of his back, was like, hey, there's a line. You get back here. There's a line. People are in line. I'm like, okay. There was a big gap. Well, you could have waited. And... It was at that moment that the Terminator decision screen 
popped up in my vision because what I wanted to say was, well, you don't have to be such a bleepity bleep 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 about it. I'm going to censor myself so I don't have to go back and post-production the beeps in because, oh, there was some choice profanity coming up in my, in my vision. And what I thought to myself, I genuinely had to exert the self-control not to get in this guy's face was, Phil, you're not by yourself. You've come to this event with people. You aren't even in the event and you've just invented, invested two hours waiting to get in here. Do not get thrown out of this venue. Also, asterisk, don't pick a fight with five people, one of whom is much, much bigger than you. Like, I wasn't worried about weird girl or ponytail guy. What I wanted to do was walk up behind him and cut that ponytail off. But... And fortunately, I did not see him or anyone else again once we were inside the venue because there were so many people in there. There could have been people I've known all my life who I never would have seen in that place. But I didn't want to get into a fight with them because I figured the tank would be trouble. You know, and these people clearly were together. So to their credit, they would have stuck up for each other, even though they were being jerks. I mean, yes, they were probably just as annoyed as I was about all the waiting. But it's like, if you're going to stop and have your little coffee clutch there and people start to go around you, just be like, oh, sorry, uh, we were ahead of you and just go. You don't have to be a jerk about it. And oh, I so wanted to make an issue of it. And those two, the twin prongs of, of better decision making were, A, don't get thrown out of this venue. And B, whatever you do, don't pick a fight with five people. You're not going to win. So... We made it in and we had a good day. And there, I'm not going to lie, there was a moment right then that I remember thinking, have I made a horrible mistake? Is this going to be a terrible day? But it wasn't. It was a, it was a good day. And uh, uh, I have no complaints other than that, you know, maybe go earlier in the season if you're going to go to the Renaissance Fair. And uh, if you're going to get food, get it early as opposed to later, um, which apparently are two big tips for that particular Renaissance Fair, which is in upstate New York. But... What I, what I did there was what every reasonable person does, which is avoid a fight. Now, that's not the same as running from a fight, but it's the same concept. It is, if I don't have to fight, I don't. Um, if we had gotten into some kind of a conflict with someone and they said, I'm going to find you in there and I'm going to kick your butt, like, you know, at that point, you're just like, this is not worth it. Nothing is worth this amount of stress. You know, I mean, if you could look back and forward in time, if you could view the timeline ahead and behind, and you knew that a certain string of decisions was going to lead you into getting into a self-defense altercation with somebody where maybe you got seriously hurt or maybe you seriously hurt someone else. And now you're staring down the barrel of maybe getting sued, maybe getting arrested, all that bad stuff, you know. Uh, you would, of course, choose to avoid it. I would much rather, looking back at my timeline, my history, my Google location search, I would rather know that I didn't manage to go to the Renaissance Fair that day than that I ended up either getting put in the hospital or putting someone in the hospital and now having legal trouble, criminal legal trouble, possibly. All, none of that's worth it. And, you know, it's a dumb thing to get into arguments over. People always want to say, well, they're going into a fight over X. It's never about X. It's never about the parking spot or the fact that somebody was ahead of you in line. There are dumb triggers that touch off self-defense situations, some of which we end up starting, and now we're in trouble because if it escalates, we created that situation. 
Um, that's one of the reasons why if you are armed, you have an obligation not to initiate situations, not to escalate anything, not to create confrontations. It's called walking heavy. When, you know, I'm armed so I can swagger around being a jerk because no one can stop me. I have the power of life and death, you know, especially someone with a gun. Sometimes you'll get that attitude. Um, but you, you are obligated to instead avoid confrontations even more than you would in your normal life. You're just you. You're not armed. You're going about your business and someone mouths off to you. You are within your rights to mouth off right back to them. If you are carrying a gun... It is better off if you don't, because you hold the trump card. You hold the button that ends somebody's life. So this is a great example. Not cutting off ponytail guy's ponytail and having a three-foot trophy of my day at the Renaissance Fair, because, oh, I would have kept it. <laughs> what did you do today? Look! <laughs> uh, not doing that and not getting arrested and not getting thrown out of the Renaissance Fair forever uh, is the discretion that is the better part of valor it is yes you could have an attitude uh yes you could force a confrontation but instead you you have to be a grown-up and not do that no matter how much it galls you that someone was rude to you rude people exist you just have to accept it now i've written extensively on the concept of assertive living on the concept that uh if you want to live a better life, you don't want to have a string of incidents where you back down and people pushed you around because the quality of your life is diminished if you don't stand up for yourself. But you still must exercise discretion. You still must be reasonable. Uh, you know, if, if you make a mistake that causes someone to be rude to you, then you don't have to apologize, but you also don't have to provoke a fight, especially a fight with five people, especially a fight that could get you thrown out of somewhere you'd like to be able to go again. So when people tell you, oh, just run away, man, just avoid a fight. The first reason that that's dumb advice is because everybody does that. Every reasonable person avoids a fight they don't have to have. That's not to say that you could be, you could be a reasonable, reasonable person all your life and still make a mistake. You could end up losing your temper. People do. You could end up doing something you regret because you lost your temper or because there was some other external reason why you were upset that day. You know, people have bad days. People sometimes they're under a lot of stress. The Will Smith slap is a great example of that, actually. Does anyone here think that Will Smith slapped, uh, uh, what's his face? Why can't I? Chris Rock. Does anyone think Will Smith slapped Chris Rock because he was just so devoted to Jada Pinkett Smith? that he couldn't but help himself. He had to go to her defense. No, he had a lot of rage bottled up inside him that was looking for an outlet. And because he couldn't take it out on the cheating whore who had humiliated him in the media and then forced him to be okay with interviewing about it in front of the world, because he couldn't do that, that misplaced anger found a sanctioned target. He was laughing at the joke until he looked at her and realized she was mad. And then that zero to rage meter went all the way to the red all of a sudden. And he saw an outlet for all this bottled up frustration and anger and humiliation. And he took it out on Chris Rock. I don't for a second think that it was otherwise. And the reason that happened is not because Chris Rock doesn't understand how not to get into a fight, not to get into confrontations. It's because he lost his temper in the moment. Um, and I think 
seeing that, watching that incident unfold, I do not hold it against him. I mean, yeah, it was wrong to take it out on Chris Rock, and Chris Rock has every right to humiliate Will Smith in his stand-up, which he's done in response. But the fact of the matter is, the reason he did that was because Jada Pickett-Smith drove him berserk with her cheating, whoring ways, and the way that she then publicly humiliated him over it. it was That was what it was. So the poor guy, I, I have a lot of sympathy for Will Smith because in much the same way that I have some sympathy for, for Harry of Harry and Meghan fame, Prince Harry uh, is clearly a man being held hostage to his relationship. Uh, Meghan, has, uh, Meghan Markle has in, exhibited textbook hostage taker relationship uh, character traits, cutting him off from his family cutting him off from hobbies that he liked, making his life revolve completely around her and sort of ruining him in the bargain. I, I saw some stuff recently. They were talking about, uh, you know, maybe getting a divorce. I don't know when that rumor started, but yeah, that would be par for the course. And then that poor guy will have to go on an apology tour to all the friends and family that he offended. And I'm not sure that they're going to be willing to accept that apology because he's been really harsh with his family. And really stabbed a lot of people in the back over this feud that was probably completely the creation of Meghan Markle. That's way off topic, but it kind of dovetails with what I'm talking about, which is reasonable people avoid fights when they can, except when they make a mistake and lose their temper. And I'll tell you right now, every time I've ever lost my temper in life, I have regretted it. It has never yielded positive results. So in some ways, getting older is a process of mellowing and not letting yourself fly off the handles and lose your temper. <laughs> Some of that is a survival instinct, too, because as you get older, you are less capable of backing that up. And there's so many videos, viral videos online, of what's the that one video where the guy says, I'm not that guy, I'm not that guy. And I think what that's supposed to mean is he's not the one to mess with. But you, you get all these videos of, of people who are middle-aged men and older just absolutely humiliating themselves by losing their temper and then trying to be tough guys. And as you get older, you are less capable of doing so. The older you get, the less your tough guy act is going to hold water. So there's that one viral video of a guy who's repeatedly punching a car window and not making any headway. I mean, I would be a little alarmed if the guy punched that car window and it spidered because he'd broken it. Like, I don't know, does safety glass, car window safety glass even do that? I think it would probably shatter and turn into pebbles. But, but I mean, wh what would that do to your hand? So here he is just impotently punching away at the window, and I've seen that turned into multiple songs where him punching is the beat of the song. I think that guy, the Kifness, who does all the fun cat music videos, might have done one, but I don't remember. Um, anyway, as you get older... It is a survival tactic to be more mellow and not get into fights because you really shouldn't unless you absolutely have to because you're not as tough as you once were. You're not as strong or as fast as you once were. Your knees don't work quite as well as they once did. You know, these are all factors that you're dealing with as you get older. But every reasonable person avoids a fight if they can. So when somebody's like, oh, you should just run from a fight, the overwhelming response should be, duh. Like, you're not dispensing advice that's not you being wise that's simply the default position for anyone who's not a raving psychopath or or just recklessly stupid uh number two and this is this gets much more into the 
Uh, I have five points written down, and number two gets much more into the nitty-gritty of, of self-defense and why this topic actually matters. Um, what if there's nowhere to run? What if there's no way to get there? It's all fine and good when you find yourself in a, in a self-defense situation to say, well, you should just run away. You should just leave. Well, running away doesn't necessarily mean like literally sprinting. It could just mean physically walking away and removing yourself from the venue. But what if there's nowhere to go? Uh, because of the line I've just, uh, just described to you, I'm picturing one of those cattle car back and forth shoots for an amusement park ride. You're in this congested line where everyone's packed together, elbow to elbow. And you get into an argument with someone, let's say because they cut ahead of you in line somehow. Um, and I've seen that happen in those, those cattle car shoots. You get little kids ducking under the fence and finding their way in front of you. And, and for the most part, people just let it go. You know, except for Ponytail Guy, who was like keeper of the line that day. Uh, most people don't get real upset about it. But you're, you're just doing your thing. And so suddenly you're in this packed line. Where are you going to go? How are you going to get out? You, you can't just leave without sort of worming and fighting your way through all these people. So if you were to get into a dispute with somebody in line, that would be an issue. I actually saw that happen once. I saw somebody smack somebody else in an amusement park line. I forget what amusement park I was in. And I, I believe this was something that I witnessed directly myself. And I'm not misremembering something from some other story that someone else told. I believe this was me at an amusement park because, you know, I'm old now. I've been to a lot of amusement parks in my life. I've stood in a lot of lines. I'm a big fan of the Tilt-A-Whirl. That's a thing you know about me now. But I believe I saw somebody get into an argument in line and one person smacked another. And security came. Uh, it, was a, it was a big deal. So... You may not be able to go anywhere. You may not, you know, so just run away. You may not be able to run. Um, and the same is true of altercations that happen in vehicles. People will say, well, why don't you just drive away? Well, what if you're packed in bumper to bumper and there's nowhere to go? That's the same uh, sort of bad advice when it comes to carjackings. It's fine to tell someone, if someone tries to carjack you, hit the gas. Well, what if there's a car in front of you? What are you going to do, ram him into traffic? You can't always do that. So in that same way, it's all fine and good to say, well, you should you should run away and avoid a fight. Well, if there's nowhere to go and no way to get there, then running's not an option. Uh, number three, what if they're faster than you? I'm not fast. I was born with one speed, mosey. That's what I got. So I'm not outrunning anyone. And so running away for me is I'm going to mosey in that direction. Now, if whatever's chasing me is at mosey or less, then maybe I could try to pick up the pace a little, but I'm not running from anything. You know, if, if you're a guy uh, with a cane, let's say, um, if you are anyone with any kind of mobility challenge, um, if you're somewhere that the terrain makes you slower, like it's uphill or something, and you're just not as young as you once were, there's lots of reasons why the person pursuing you might be faster. Even on level terrain, where no one has any mobility issues, people sometimes are faster than other people. So if someone comes up to you and wants to mug you and you turn around and run in the other direction, who's to say he's not just going to catch up with you and then stab you in the back because now you're not even facing him? So my third point of why running, just run, is stupid advice is that they might be faster. So running might not get you anything. You have to be prepared 
to stand and defend yourself because uh, you know you're not always going to be able to just get away you would if you could that's the point we made in, in number one is that everybody would if they could if they're reasonable and they haven't lost their temper most importantly number four uh when people say oh just run away yeah what if you've got a toddler with you what if you're walking with somebody anybody who's just not as fast as you are what if you're with your spouse or, or your significant other um he said being gender neutral about it uh and you would rather not just abandon them like well oh, good luck i once found out what the tenor of my relationship was i was i wouldn't say dating this girl once uh this was years ago early in college and we took a road trip one time and uh the car started to fill with smoke come to find out it was some belt that uh melted and caused smoke to happen in the engine compartment that came through the the air conditioning vents but it it looked bad it looked like that thing was going to be a flaming ruin turns out it just needed a belt replaced so she pulled over and i grabbed my backpack and bolted and only later realized kind of left her to burn so you know you 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 can sometimes be faster than your it's like the buddy system for bears you don't have to be faster than the bear you just have to be faster than your buddy well i i was i'm grateful that she didn't give me a lot of grief about that because i just left her there uh to fend for herself there was a, i saw a video that was exactly that not that long ago i don't know how old the video itself is but it's a sidewalk cafe and there's this couple in the lower left hand of the screen they're right at the edge of the border of the cafe you know you go one foot to the left and you're in the street and a dude with a gun or maybe there was more than one guy comes in to rob the joint the guy immediately assesses this the situation and nopes out of there just gets up and leaves without so much as a buy your leave you know just whoop, he's gone and his date is like what where did he go and it wouldn't have been that hard for him to get up take her arm and say come with me really quickly some people will automatically resist you because they're they want to understand what's happening first my girlfriend and i have discussed the fact that if one of us says we need to go right now immediately there's no arguing you go and then you you have your questions later about why did we do that so uh it's safe to say probably that that relationship didn't do real well after he abandoned her immediately uh because someone was robbing the, the sidewalk cafe that they were in but yes there may be times when you could quote unquote just run but you shouldn't because you're abandoning people who are with you that you really need to help out like you know it might be considered common courtesy not to just leave them <laughs> i can't get over how funny that is uh, and then finally, uh, number five, there's an exception to all of these rules. There's an exception to, like, you could run. There are ways to run. You could choose to, to nope out of the situation. You could avoid it. You could preempt it. But you don't. Because every once in a while, there's an exception that proves the rule. Once in a while, you have to have the confrontation. Once in a while, you must engage in the confrontation for some greater long-term good um when i was in grade school i don't know fourth grade maybe fifth grade i think it was fourth grade because there was a kid in fifth grade who was was a bully and he was hassling me i don't know if it would go that way this like in today's day and age i'm not sure this advice works anymore but at the time i was way smaller than this guy 
So he confronted me on a hill leading up to a piece of property adjacent to the school. It's where you had to walk to get there if you were walking to school. And uh, he he punched me and, I don't know, I think he bloodied my nose and knocked my glasses into the snow and, and, and that was it. But in the process of all that, I fought back and did my best to hit him a bunch of times. And as a result, he left me alone after that because most bullies, at least back then, didn't want a target that resisted. They wanted a target that would, you know, passively absorb their abuse, I guess. All I know is that after trying and failing to fight this kid, because I lost that fight, he never bothered me again. I'm not sure how bullies are wired these days. I don't know if that works. I mean, for all I know, you fight back, you lose the fight, and then the next day he stabs you. I'm not sure how that works. But back then, in the halcyon days of 1980-something, um, you could fight back and it would be enough just to make yourself a slightly harder target. So that was a case where I had that fight not because I thought I could win it and not because I was so angry that I had to fight. I mean, in my case, he confronted me. So, yeah, I could have turned and ran the other way for all I was worth. He probably still would have caught up to me. But I chose to fight because I knew that resisting was the only possible way that I might have a chance that he would leave me alone after that. Um, I think I have told the story... Uh, when I was uh, in high school, I don't know if I was a sophomore or a junior, I was, I was older because there were several classes of kids who were younger than me. And there was a kid, I think he was a freshman and I was either a sophomore or a junior, who used to go by me in the hall and hassle me all the time. He would like punch me in the arm and I, I don't even know why. I don't remember if we'd ever even had an interaction, but he was just bothering me. And, and I remember thinking about him, like, this is absurd. Because my inner dialogue was that of a 40-year-old man when I was in high school. This is perfectly absurd. I am much larger than that student. What do I do? Perhaps I should bully him. Bullying him might discourage this behavior. How does one bully someone? Hmm. I remember thinking about it. And I've t I think I've told this story before. I finally settled on if I bounced him off a bank of lockers, it probably wouldn't hurt him too much. And he would probably leave me alone after that. So I did. The next time I saw him and he mouthed off, I just went, pow, and bounced him off a bank of lockers. And that was enough to stop him from bothering me from then on. So, uh, and these are, these are kid examples, and they happen in a time decades removed from this one. So you really need to be careful about saying, well, I'm going to have this confrontation in order for my quality of life to be better in the future. Because, like I said, you could end up getting murdered uh, the way things work today. But there are still scenarios, exceptions that prove the rule, where instead of avoiding a confrontation, you have to have the confrontation for a greater good. That could be maybe defending somebody else, uh, you know, somebody else who's in trouble. That could be standing up for yourself in the face of adult bullying, which sometimes happens in the workplace. Um, and every confrontation isn't necessarily, you know, like a switchblade rumble. Like, just because you have a confrontation doesn't mean anyone's life is in danger necessarily. So it could be a heated conversation where you stand up for yourself where some, some element of risk, like your job, is on the line. Either way, there will be exceptions and there will be times where you probably should just run, quote-unquote. You should just walk away. You should avoid the fight entirely, not go to the venue. Like, when a guy challenges you to a fight the just run equivalent is not to meet him there whatever the context of that challenge is because adults don't need to fight to prove themselves 
You know, when uh, the, the our last podcast was about the crazy weirdo who woke up one day and decided to challenge me to a street fight because he's, I don't know, deeply insecure about himself and, and didn't like a video that I made where I pointed out that people who are in good shape resent people who are not talking about self-defense sometimes if they're quite insecure so you know coward that he is he was like i'll fight you you should fight me and i'm gonna he's on his facebook page he's like i'm gonna bully phil elmore into fighting me uh, and i was like no you're not sorry i live in the real world a real world full, full of grown-ups um and that's just not going to happen and if you try to force a conversation you're going to find out real fast why that's a really bad idea in the world of adults um, there are all kinds of ramifications for our behavior, and a lot of people think they're living in a kung fu movie or that this is still high school. I'm not sure which. Part of that is that the, the martial arts draws to it so many broken people who never really grew up and never really left that high school age mentality behind. But to review, just run is stupid advice. Firstly, because everyone already does that when they can. If they're reasonable and they're not making a mistake, they haven't lost their temper. They know that they should avoid a fight. Number two is there may be nowhere to run and no way to get there. Number three is uh, sometimes they're faster than you. So running is not going to get you anything except attack from behind. Uh, number four is many times you have people with you whom you cannot abandon by running because they're not as fast as you, not as capable of running, uh, not capable at all in some cases. And finally, number five, sometimes there is an exception. Sometimes you ignore the advice to just run, even though it would be reasonable to do so because there is a greater reason for engaging in the confrontation because you feel you have to morally and spiritually because it's the right thing to do. All right, I, I think that's going to sum it up for this episode. I hope you found it entertaining. Uh, this has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.